of Colorado and the All right, we got our refills uh, thanks to Little Beaver Brewery at Five Finance Drive. We're back with Josh Barnett, County Board, and we found two other people straggling around Little Beaver, which you often will do on a Sunday. Uh, Lizzie Johnson from the County Board's here. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, how are you? Very good. And then uh, Patrick Cortese, who is the chair of the Democratic Party in McLean County. You were on our show, what, a month ago or so? A month ago, right before the municipal election. Yeah, so honestly, very interesting that you guys are here in the midst of our conversation with Josh. had a gorgeous day. <laughs> At a place that serves good food and great beer. Yeah, and I also had a I also have a Cuban that stopped by my side of the table here, so yeah. I'll mostly be hanging out with that for the next few minutes. You hang out with the food. We'll we'll, we'll hold the conversation while you eat. That sounds good to me. But uh, so yeah, welcome guys uh, to our party here. Thanks for uh, thanks for having us. It's yeah. always good to talk to you guys. So for the first hour that you guys missed, we kind of just had Josh take us through the timeline of some of this redistricting stuff with the county board, um, why we do it every ten years. Um, and then, of course, got into the kind of, I'll, I'll call it drama over the last uh, month or so. And Josh kind of explained how he got a little frustrated, and that's why he decided to go to the media. And uh, made some people really happy, some people really pissed off. <laughs> so I'm, I'm an equal opportunity. <laughs> hey. Emotion, though. Welcome to my club. I piss everybody yeah. off. So you can, you can join me anytime, Josh. Um, so before we went to break, I asked you a couple questions, uh, let you stew on them for a few minutes. Uh, and so I'll ask the first one. You obviously went against the majority of people in the Republican Party on the county board um, by going to the media and being in favor of a 10-district plan. Um, what do you think that's going to do in the future for partisan politics on the county board? Is it going to make it better, worse, um, short-term, long-term? What are the effects of that? I, you know, I certainly hope that, you know, moving forward, once we get past this and things calm down a bit, that we'll be able to get back to a good working relationship, you know, to be able to do what it is that we do day in and day out, to be able to serve the people of the county. But but there certainly has been a fragmentation, right? I mean, the way this process was conducted, this is a big deal, redistricting. And I think there's going to be a lack of trust, um, a lack of understanding, um, some apprehension, right, from some members with the you know, current Republican leadership of the board moving forward, and I'm hopefully we'll be able to uh, to work past that. Uh, but uh, but it's sort of this thing, right, that's hanging out there right now, and I I would guess that you know only time will tell how that'll be um, how we'll work through that in the future. Have Have you had any Republicans on the board reach out to you since the vote? Um, yeah, I've had yeah, I've had I've had two I've had two Republicans reach out to me, and. Do you think that it's really tarnished your position within that party, or do you think that you know that's going to be mended over time too? Well, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly have never been the uh, I don't know how to phrase this. I, I've, I've never sort of been the poster child right for the Republican Party. So, um, to, so to say, like my reputation has been tarnished with. You know, certain people within the party. I mean, I, I mean, that's probably true, but they probably didn't like me for something before that anyway. So, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, the thing that I just I keep coming back to is like, why are we doing this? You know, why, why do you run for local elected office? You know, it's to be able to try to give back and like serve the community, and like that's what you should be focused on. Uh, and politics certainly do play a role in that, and when we see 
we see issues through our own experiences and our own uh, our own you know background and our own political philosophies. But at the end of the day, you know, hopefully we're all working toward that common mission together. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Lizzie Johnson in just a second, but before I do, I want to ask you one more question, Josh. What do you think this is going to cause a primary for you? Did you know, did you think about those political thoughts before you went to WGLT? Like, where do you think this this is going to lead to you in the future politically? Oh, because of this decision. Well, if I, I guess if I wasn't thinking about that before, I am now that you've asked me that question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a campaign guy. It's what I do. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, from talking with the folks I know in the community who generally have have supported from have supported me in the past, have volunteered with my campaigns, have um, you know, you know, donated to campaigns. You know, you know, the way this has come about has been really well received with the people that I keep in touch with and that I interact with and you know, have been helpful to me in the past. So I'm assuming that that's going to continue moving forward, and that you know, my personal base is probably going to remain intact. I'm sure that I have made some people upset, but you, I, I, I don't know that I really care. You probably lost uh, Chair McIntyre's support for chair, though. I <laughs> just yeah, <laughs> it's it's probably uh, yeah, it's probably going to be a while before he and I are able to sit down and talk again. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that day will come. I really do, but it, it's probably going to be a while to let some of those wounds heal. Well, that's to be expected. So, uh, Lizzie Johnson, you're on the county board. We mentioned your name earlier, actually, in the podcast uh, as the first one I heard of that brought up the 20 district plan um, that we learned at the like the last possible second is, is not possible for some reason. Um, but take us through kind of what you saw at a high level, like the arc of this dramatic scene over the last month. Um, and from your perspective, and what we, lastly, to end your thought, what did you think when you saw the GLT article uh, that Josh had? <laughs> all right, I'll get, all, I'll get to all that. So you're talking about the high point about me coming to the idea of a 20, or 20 board? You, if you want to start there and just kind of take us through that, like the whole process in general, high level of, hey, why do we need to, ch- should we change it all? Why do we need to change to 20? Why did you think that was a better idea? And then uh, ended it with like just how you reacted to the drama. So the as we as we got closer and closer, um, and we weren't hearing anything on the county board, I I got together with some people and really started digging in about what was you know kind of what might be good representation for the county. And um, we know that uh, the smaller you get in districts, the more targeted it can be. And um, given what we didn't know and what we had kind of seen, just sort of. You know, just sort of like a, for ourselves, like just the community itself and what we've seen with growing is that we have seen uh, it, it diversifying. We're seeing, you know, more people coming in. And so the idea was what would happen if we were able to draw 20 distinct di- districts and could we get to somewhere where we could have a majority minority district? I think that's one thing that um, we've never been able to do until now. And I was very curious. Of course, we didn't have the 2020 data to back that up. Um, but, you know, there were some people who were good enough to come along with me on that exploration. And as we were getting closer, uh, we still didn't have the numbers. And so I still felt it was a valid idea to throw out there, um, given how difficult it can be to draw lines to adhere to municipal boundaries. Um, I thought 20 would give us a better shot of being closer to that. I mean, I particularly look at District um, District 9, the way that it's drawn, District 3, the way that it's drawn, that with that kind of jutting into Westside Bloomington, 
and lumping a group of people that probably have nothing to do with rural voters whatsoever um, and have consistently felt unrepresented, at least for the last decade. So that was kind of the idea behind the 20, is that while we didn't quite have the data, um, I felt pretty sure we could draw districts that would be able to kind of kind of group communities of interest together um, and better serve McLean County as a whole. Yeah, I mean, the smaller the districts, the more targeted you can get, right? That's right. So, yeah. I mean, we go from 17,000 people per district to about 8,500. Yeah. Um, and you get one person to 8,500, and that's a lot closer. And before we heard um, from the Assistant State's Attorney that this was not a feasible idea in their opinion, you had support from a lot of people about this idea. Like, I heard support from, obviously, Josh mentioned earlier in the podcast, he was kind of in favor of it as a Republican. I think I remember Steve C. saying he was in favor of it as a Libertarian. He was. Um, so you kind of had broad support there. Well, I, I'd have to go back. I didn't, like, actually pull it and count, but when we were counting for, like, who was in favor of 10 or more and who was in favor of less than 10, it was, a, it was about two to one. So my guess is that maybe not quite a third, but maybe like 25% of the people who gave public comment were in support of like the 20. Yeah. This is all just ballparking it for me, but um, we, we did have support for the idea. Um, it is unfortunate that we found out so late that it would need a referendum, and we have gotten confirmation that, that it really is, it, we really would need a referendum. Yeah. But that has certainly put it on my bucket list to start exploring that conversation in about five or six years. I love it. Right? And we, I did mention when we were talking to Josh, about how the the headline that it was unconstitutional was a bit uh, misleading. I mean, you, you just require a referendum, right? Which we don't have time to do, so it's not feasible. It's not practical to do right now. Yes, but I gave it my is not unconstitutional. Back to the reporter on that one, and he yeah. said, "Well, I cleared it up in the first line," and I was like, "It would have been two words." It's a social media <laughs> land, man. No one reads the first line. What are you talking about? <laughs> No, it's right. And I, if, if you go back and watch at the third meeting, um, when I gave public comment, I was very clear about that. That it wasn't that it was unconstitutional, is that uh, it was that we couldn't legally do it without a referendum. So I was so, very clear about that. <laughs> yeah. From your perspective, like we kind of talked through with Josh a little bit about the um, four that what later became five district idea and how it was very different the way it was perceived from the public to the way it was actually being talked about, you know, maybe in someone's house uh, or behind, behind closed doors. So did you have any sense that this was anything but organic? Like, wh where did you see this idea of four or five districts coming from? Um, I mean, a lot of it's hearsay and speculation, yeah. right? But yeah. the idea was, and, and they touted it all the way to the end, is that this was about more rural representation and you know we have 80% of the land and I'm just like land doesn't vote right no. it was it's about for me the whole purpose of uh, doing the redistricting following the census is to match the data to match where the people are and where they're living and that's where the representation should be and it should be one to, you know, as much as we can one person one vote and I tried to I tried to steel man that argument to try to lean into the idea that rural representation might need to be greater. Justin, you were making some, uh, <laughs> had some negative body language to that, so. Yeah, I yeah, just, Curious your reaction. I just don't think it's true. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think, think, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think Josh, honestly, could, could uh, articulate it better than I can, because I think I, everything I'm saying, I've heard him say, um, is that, you know, the, the county government is in charge of our health department, um, which inspects all the restaurants in Bloomington Normal. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, Josh, what are, I mean, you or Lizzie both know more of what the, 
Yeah, well, I mean, so that the county is more than just, you know, taking care of zoning in the rural areas and, and, and rural highways. I mean, the county's largest, most expensive um, highway that we have is Tawanda Barnes Road that serves the east side of Bloomington, where, where my district is. And, um, so that impacts every resident on the east side of Bloomington and a lot of other folks as well, not to mention you know, State Farm's corporate headquarters. Um, you know, uh, there's the treasurer's office where everyone goes to pay their property taxes. 60% of property taxes that we collect within this county uh, come from residential properties. And with 75% of the county's population being within Bloomington Normal, very easy to, to, you know, to be able to see where the majority of property tax money that's paid within this county comes from. Uh, you know, the, the county clerk, uh, both with the elections division, right, is, just does not take care of the rural areas, also takes care of all elections within the town of Normal. Uh, that impacts the residents who are there. The county clerk's recording division uh, takes care anytime you buy or sell a property here within uh, within McLean County. That goes through the recording division of the clerk's office. So, to say that county government primarily focuses on the rural areas, I mean, really, really just is not true, right? It really is shared responsibility, shared services across the entire county. Lizzie, I know you've mentioned the parks, like Amara Park, and also the nursing homes, too, as being particularly important to you. Well, they are. And, I mean, we also have to look at, like, the Law and Justice Center. I mean, how many of those services are, you know, we rely on those in Bloomington Normal. Um, and so just with so much going on, uh, we, we wanted, I wanted to make sure that Bloomington Normal keeps a voice at the table uh, because we are just as invested in how services are coordinated and how they're run um, as the rural folks. And I, I mean, and I told them in the last meeting, you know, if the rural representation made up 40% of the county and had 23% of the seats, I'd be fighting for them to have a bigger voice too. It was really, it's really about making sure that everybody has a seat at the table so, Lizzie, once you learned that you can't, uh, that you couldn't do the 20 districts without a, that referendum, um, you immediately, and I think a lot of the supporters of that 20 district plan, got on board with keeping it the same. Absolutely. I mean, from the beginning, the 20 was a long shot, and I knew that. Yeah. yeah. Right? I yeah. still thought it was valid. I yeah. still thought it was uh, important to bring up, at least introduce into the conversation, especially if it's something that we want to look at in the future kind of plant that seed a little bit. Um, but yeah, the 20 districts was always a long shot. Uh, so the idea that I was shifting to 10 was not a surprise, and it was an easy shift for me to make. Yeah. So, all right, let's 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 fast forward a little bit. Um, it, it, you, the executive meeting, and I might get these meetings wrong, it was a, the Rules Committee was the first one, right? So, so the Rules Committee uh, met, and they passed... Um, with only two, right, voting against? Yep. Um, moving it to that five districts. Where, where was your head at right after that meeting? Were you feeling scared that we were gonna, that it was going to go all the way through, or were you pretty confident that you guys would, would prevail with the 10 districts? Oh, no. I mean, I knew that we were, the deck was stacked against us in, in the Rules and Executive Committee. Yeah. And so that was not, it wasn't a surprise, but it, it was a little disheartening, and I knew that we had a lot of work ahead of us to get... Yeah, I <laughs> to mean, get the votes. Once it passed the the rules, though, were you still confident that it would it wouldn't get the past the full board? Were you still, or, or were you I was, felt like your back was against the wall a little bit? I mean, I feel like it's been like that the whole time. <laughs> so, to be honest, yeah, this was it, uh, I buckled down and worked even harder that weekend um, to make sure that we were getting you know 
information out, make sure you contact people, make sure you have your voice heard, sign up to speak, right? All of those things that goes into a campaign. This was a campaign. And what's so interesting to me, you know, in, in retrospect is like, you are putting in all that work amongst many others that were in favor of this 10 district plan. All the while, Josh leaves this rules committee meeting and he starts steaming at home privately about how this went down. And like, it's just funny how those two like powers kind of combined and then um, Captain Planet style. And you get the uh, <laughs> you get this WGLT article that drops um, that I'm sure you probably weren't you know expecting it to be anything like it was. What what was your first reaction when you read the article? Uh, I was incredibly proud of Josh. I felt like it was a really brave thing for him to do, and I was very grateful to see that come out. I mean, it's no it's no secret that I push for a lot of transparency and try to get as much information out as possible. Um, and, and for Josh to stand up and say that um, was huge. I mean, I was already working with people across the political spectrum who were all in favor of maintaining this end, if not expanding, right? Um, and so it was, it was nice to have all the combined efforts come together. Right? I don't think it was just the article and I don't think it was just my effort. I think there was, there was a, we, had, we had really been working for months in the background to try to like, get this into people's attention, get them uh, just staying aware of yeah, what's happening paying attention. How, and how to get involved, not just that this is happening. Um, it's been, I think one of the frustrating things about being on the county board is I have tried to raise issues before and I get crickets until the article comes out about it and people are angry and I'm like, they're like, what can I do to help? And I was like, a week ago would have been good. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, that's so unfortunate. It, it really, I put in, uh, I put in more and more effort into raising, raising the alarm on this um, because I felt like it was so, so important. Patrick, I want to bring you into the conversation. I know you were probably doing a lot of the same things Lizzie was doing as far as, you know, helping organize an idea behind staying with 10 District. What was your reaction uh, when you saw the WGLT Um, Very similar to Lizzie's. Uh, you know, I, I've known Josh for a little while now, and I know he's an, um, an upstanding guy, right? Um, and so... I don't know that anybody was really surprised that that kind of thing was happening, um, but probably came out surprised that, that somebody was willing to say it publicly and, and, and to a member of the media. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I thought that took a lot of guts to yeah. do um, and to say that um, that didn't help our cause. With, uh, I'd be it, it certainly helped. Lizzie was working hard amongst other, many other people, and I'm really proud of how hard they were all working to make this happen. Um, were you as the article came out, that just kind of pushed that over the edge, right? Were you as the chair, like trying to facilitate anything, um, like on behalf of the party, like on trying to? help position this or raise awareness for this or are we kind of leaving it up to the board members raise awareness yes um backing up our um elected officials yes that's always been a priority of mine and Mm -hmm. i will always do that however um i i'm kind of the opinion um this shouldn't be a, a political thing right i mean this is about representing the residents of mclean county 
So I, I didn't want to make it necessarily a, a partisan issue. This shouldn't be Republicans versus Democrats on, on how people are represented. It's just a good idea. It's just smart. Yeah, you put a, and you put a statement out, right? Like about state level redistricting. I did. I, did. I testified. Yeah. Um, they had a virtual hearing over in Peoria about the state and federal level um, drawing of lines, redrawing of lines for the districts. And my point there was, um, I was frustrated and it's difficult as, as running a political party when um, your town, your community, Bloomington, Normal, and McLean County are divided amongst numerous state and federal districts, right? It makes, it just makes it a pain on, for so many reasons. And so my testimony asked, A, we'd love it if all of McLean County could be in the same district, but recognizing that we're the largest landmass county, that we have the largest area, that was gonna be very difficult. So at the very least, keep Bloomington normal in the same district, since they're um, a growing metropolis that has um, a unique, unique viewpoint as far as politics go mm-hmm. um, that isn't always in sync with its neighbors outside of the city limits. And Lizzie, you said you, you said the term community of interest for those people who have, haven't been geeking out on, <laughs> redis- on, on districting rules. That's not just a term you made up, right? Like that's no, it that's is something not. we're supposed to. That's in the law that we're supposed to try to keep. To your point, Pat, communities of interest together. Right, and I think what that what that's really focused on is making sure that we're not diluting voices. And the communities of interest can be uh, any number of things. It can be like where the farmers are, and it can be um, it can be municipal. So there's a court case back up in Kankakee where the judge threw out the map because it was unnecessarily Kankakee. Um, township and the city itself was like highly divided and the judge was like no you can't do that like Kankakee needs to stay one community they need to have one voice and I think that was some of the biggest concerns so uh, other communities of interest of course could be uh, you know people of color it can be school districts Um, they want to make sure that uh, as far as that kind of compact and contiguous you know looking at kind of natural uh, natural barriers so it could be rivers and it could be the Grand Canyon like you don't want to have a community on one side of the Grand Canyon on the other in the same district because they have very different lives right? that's why Tyson hates interstates that's right so, <laughs> <laughs> so with communities of interest I mean one of the other things that that really kind of got under my skin about the five district one is that it would have carved up Bloomington normal into rural areas um, and I'm going to be trying to preserve that one of the that the reason that that got me um, a little concerned is that we, as a as a body, we do a lot of intergovernmental agreements with the town of Normal and with the city of Bloomington. Um, and my concern is that if we don't have adequate representation, that a lot of those intergovernmental agreements could very well be in jeopardy, right? And, um, and, and so I wanted to make sure that we kind of preserve those town lines, the city lines, as much as possible so that we actually have representation from each community. In the same way that Chinoa would not want to be divided, uh, that the farmers don't want to be diluted, people willing to normal don't want to be diluted. So, going forward, uh, we talked a little bit before break, Josh, about uh, this committee that uh, M- Chair McIntyre had this awesome idea to create this uh, bi- bipartisan committee. Um, I, I'm really, I give him credit for just coming up with it. But what, what's the timeline on that? When do you expect to hear people get announced that they're going to be on this committee? Um, yeah, like what, what, what should the public be looking for next, I guess is my question. Wow, those are, those are such good and thoughtful questions to ask. 
you, you would think as an elected official on that body that, you know, I would have that kind of information and could give it to you word by word sitting in an interview like this. But, uh, you know, uh, I can't because uh, we haven't been given that level of detail because... What details do we have? Who's nominating people? Yeah, Lizzie, people? you're yeah, on so, the... Yeah, so you're nominating people, right, yeah, Lizzie? So what do you know? Lizzie and Jim... Lizzie from the Democratic side, Jim Solder from the Republican gotcha. side, are nominating people to serve on this body. So I'll, I'll let her hey, t- talk, talk about it. Yes, thank you. Um, we... Yes, John, John McIntyre asked me to come in on Thursday before the meeting to talk about this idea. He wanted to be able to announce it at Thursday's meeting. Um, and he wanted to be able to say who we're going to be sort of... I guess spokesperson. Uh, I kind of jokingly refer to us as now that we're the whips, right? Like, <laughs> we're supposed to kind of liaise with our party and be the spokesperson for the team captain on the basketball court. That's great school. That's, that's, right. <laughs> yeah. that's kind of what it feels like. So, uh, I, and I told him that I would be, I would be happy to do that, um, but that I wanted to make sure that our that our suggestions and that our ideas were going to be given adequate consideration. So that we were actually part of the process, right? Not just window dressing, not just sure. the um, to for, for that kind of authority that he's trying to push on us. So what what I know is that uh, yesterday morning, I had, by yesterday morning, Saturday morning, I had collaborated with. I talked, spoken to all the dads individually. So no other violations. It was one-on-one conversations. Gotten feedback from them. Created a list. Submitted my list yesterday. Jim Solner also submitted his, and we know that, that John McIntyre had a list as well. That was all supposed to be uh, consolidated into a spreadsheet and would be sent to us. I thought it was going to come today, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, um, so, do we know how many people he's going to select out of that list? There would be eight total. Okay. Four Dems and four Republicans. And none of these are board members? None of them will be board members. Okay. They will all be community members. Um, and I was very clear that it that whoever is on that needs to bring a level of trust for the community members to be able to, to, to see the process and, and to understand these are people that have the community's best interests at heart. Yeah. Just bar none. Because once once we create this committee, it will be all hands on. Sure. All elected officials will have no say in what happens. Uh, the committee uh, will... So, so to kind of back up on the timeline, I'm supposed to be meeting with uh, Jim Solner and, and Cassie Taylor, the assistant administrator, uh, on Tuesday to kind of pare down that list of probably about, sounds like close to 85, 90 people. Oh, wow. So how, how many people did, you, did, were you told to nominate a certain number no. or just not, just give me a list of all the people you could think of? Um, I think I just volunteered. I was sending in names. <laughs> okay, cool. I, just, I mean, that's... I, was, I just told them I was going to be sending some suggestions. In, all right. Uh, based on what the recommendations from the Democrats were. So um, we'll see what, what comes of it. But um, I, I had a phone call with Jim Solner yesterday um, and I said, I've got an idea. Because the, the whole thing was like, well, we're going to come in and we can just start striking names. And I was like, how about you take a look at the list so, and come up with your top choices, who you would prefer from the Dem side, and I'll come in with my top choices from the Republican side, from your list, and then we'll just start there. Does, you said four Democrats and four Republicans. Uh, does four need to come from your list and four from his list? Not so my question is, when does Paul Segobiano get on this committee? <laughs> Well, yeah, and I, I guess a broader a broader point. It's complicated because we don't have party registration here. So, what constitutes a Democrat and Republican is is odd. And that one still needs to be determined. 
It was not. It was not decided on at the meeting on Thursday. Uh, but I have. I have heard what the other Democrats have said, and I have listened to people in the community, and what we're looking for are people who have um, uh, analytical qualities, people who are representative of the community, um, and who will be a good voice for making sure that we get good representation in the maps. And what'll be, what's interesting, what I, what I like about it is that they're not, and this may take some of the tension out of it, is that they're not making one map. They get to make three, right. and then those three will get public comment. The committee will get a chance to go back and make any adjustments based on public comment, and then those will come straight to the board. They are bypassing rules. They are bypassing executives straight to the full board. Go ahead. And, and just to be clear, when you say you've been conversing with the Democrats, you mean the other Democrats on the county board, yes. right? The elected the other county board yeah. members, right? Oh. All the Democrats. Oh, I was going to say, I've really been busy this weekend. My, my phone's been really hot. I was going to make a joke about the Libertarians all being able to do that, but we can't. But sorry, I love you guys. Nice joke. Bennett, Steve, it's cool. So um, when do we expect uh, the committee to be formed? And if you don't know that, that's okay. But when do you when do you need those maps to be presented so, by? Um, the initial date on the maps in the Constitution says that we need to have it done and submitted to the clerk uh, like June 30th, July 1st. However, there is a clause that says you can still vote on it the at your regular board meeting in July. Okay. So right now that's July 15th, and that is what the intention is, is for us to vote that meeting. So if I can take you through, so uh, Tuesday I will meet with Jim Solner and Cassie Taylor. Uh, we will narrow our list down. I don't think we'll come to four. We'll probably have more than four with a priority list. And then I have to start calling. Because the majority of people on this list have no idea that they're even considered for the that. list. I was just going to ask that. Right? Do these people know they're on this list? Mo yeah, I would say most people have no idea. That's that, fine. That, yeah. So, <laughs> so from... Congratulations! <laughs> you won a prize! <laughs> You've been nominated. Are, uh, I would assume that this committee, wherever you want to call it, is uh, subject to uh, Open Meetings Act and everything? I would it, well, actually, the, that question was raised, and uh, Mr. Spanos will be looking into that, and I hope that we get to know that I would assume so. I mean, most task force committees, commissions. My, my assumption is that it would be unconstitutional. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel like even if it's not strictly subject to it, they should still act accordingly, right? They should still be, I, they should still follow those rules just for, for faith of the public, right? I so. agree. I agree. That was not necessarily the intention, right? But I think that hopefully we'll get some work from Mr. Spanos soon. Okay. Um, but so the way that it'll work Tuesday, I have that meeting. Uh, we'll narrow our list down, and then I have five days to solidify up my my four people and get it to the chair. And uh, the intention is that Chair McIntyre will announce it on Monday, the twenty fourth. Who it is? We have. I don't know. So they'll have about a month. They will have about a month. Has he set any uh, yeah. parameters on like how often they should meet? No. Or, no. No. None and of I, that. None of that's been discussed. In my understanding, there's no readily available tooling or like map drawing capabilities available. You need to kind of like we pursue that right. too. <laughs> We're gonna have so IT. IT Cradle will be so. available to the commission and the McLean County Regional Plan. Which regional planning is going to be a huge help. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's where you're going to get the data. Because I've been doing my analysis in Excel, and it is not sufficient. Let me tell you that. <laughs> I like, no, I I like Excel. Adjust your, adjust your pivot table. I not think they have not good tools. enough. 
<laughs> I think they have better tools, and I think given where we are with the census data is that we are unfortunately looking at 2010 as the best option, mainly because the 2019 data that the American Community Survey uh, 2019 data that is done by the U.S. Census Bureau. They just don't get down to the level of detail we need to draw. What a lines. change! I mean, I, I'm thinking specifically Bloomington Normal. Like, what a change though in the last 10 years of, as far as population goes, uh, population and where that population is and lives. Like, that's yeah. that's that's unfortunate. That we got to be looking at decade-old data to determine the next decade. It is, especially because we are one of the few communities downstate that is actually growing. Yeah. There's like three counties downstate that have grown. And well, I'm also we thinking about the way we're growing, too. Like, we the the mosque out um, east of town is expanding because there's increased demand, too, right? So there's been people, uh, you know, the demographics have been... Uh, Potentially shifting. I don't know. We don't have that. We don't have yeah. a sense of information. We don't yeah. know. One can make assumptions about that too. And the the other thing is that we, you know, there's no way for us to even really be able to anticipate what the growth will look like in the next ten years. But right. I think it's going to be beyond anything we could imagine with Caribbean yeah. and their suppliers coming. So, Patrick, um, can I bring you back in for a question? As as a chair of a party, um, what are you looking for when this these maps drawn like? How do you, like, politically, or I'm sorry, campaign strategy-wise, like, when you're looking at elected officials and you know, you know, at least know now it's going to be, you know, 20 of them. Um, right, right. Um, that you got that you got to worry about. But like, are you looking for a drastic change in those maps, or have you put much thought into that yet? Um, I've only put in a little bit of thought. I'll say I'm just happy that we're at this point, right, where we have an idea, and I think it's a um, an idea. I mean, to be perfectly blunt, as, as a party that we can work with, I believe. Um, I'm fine having something similar to what we've got. Of course, there's some tweaks. There's some, I don't like how, you know, nine is all gerrymandered. Um, I, I would rather see um, some of those types of districts be a little more fonder that, that compact, compact contiguous yeah. category. Um, but to be quite honest, I'm kind of confident in our party and our ability to work that as long as we know we've got 10 districts to, to work on um, we'll make it happen I, yeah, I, I, control point, what you can control right yeah yeah you, you I, there's not a lot I can do in this you know now we're at this point there's not a lot I can do so um, we'll take whatever we're given and we're going to make it work we're going to find a way to to be successful so uh, Josh or Lizzie either of you What's this look like um, in two years? Um, so you're going to draw some new districts. The next election, like, what's that look like? Does I know that I know it changes things. You want to start? Uh, okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, so I mean, I mean, as far as like, because right now each county, like, there's yeah. two two representatives for each district, and, and they're alternating. Um, yeah. Okay. Cycles, right? Yeah. So yeah. So the so uh, the the maps. A final map will be adopted, you know, by the board. So moving into 2022, and actually into the fall of this year, um, people will begin announcing that they're running for county board for the first time, or they're running for re-election. Next year, I haven't set a date yet. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, so in 2022, people are going to because there are 10 districts and there are two members per district. When voters walk into the ballot box in November of 2022, they'll actually be voting for two people, not just one. Oh. They'll be voting for two people, and then 
after the election is over and those two people, uh, the, the two winners have been determined, they will draw out of a hat whether one of them serves a two-year term and then the other one would serve a four-year term. And then that is how the, the terms become staggered and you begin voting for one person each election within the district. Yeah, it's uh, so it's an interesting process. It is. So 2022 is the one where we're going to be voting two in each district, right? Yes. So, gosh, that's going to be a busy year. You thought campaign signs are bad in a normal election cycle. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying, it's gonna. The printing companies are are having a heyday. They're they're very excited. Yeah. So that yeah that that makes things interesting for sure yeah, yeah and especially too you know going to this uh, independent process of putting the maps together I mean you have no idea right like what the maps are going to look like um, I mean you, and you're, we're putting I think a lot of faith and trust in the system you know like, it's, it's like Patrick had just said you know it's kind of like well we'll we'll see what they look like you know when they get done and, and then we'll move forward and we'll and we'll plan from there so. Um, when you guys think about your districts, what's, um, sorry, kind of abrupt change, but it's came to my mind. When you guys think about your districts, what would be something that you see would be an improvement to your district in some regard through redistricting? Anything come out? Which of your constituents do you want drawn out of your district? <laughs> I mean, if okay, I, we're not recording. No, no, no. <laughs> if you want to go there, feel free to. I yeah. think there can be there's some areas uh, on the edge, like just outside of the edge of my district, that are part of normal, um, that are drawn into two. Um, so that would be interesting. I also, the way the, the west, my western side of the district um, is, if we're trying to maintain like kind of natural boundaries, um, I've got a section of my district that kind of like jumps over Linden um, for like half a block, and, and so it's it's actually a very difficult area to canvas because it's just. So it's just such a difference. So I think that there can be some cleanup to, to make sure that, you know, if we can get normal people in a normal district, that would be really nice. There's also a neighborhood um, just north of the district that has been, that is up at one, um, which is all, I mean, it's also part of normal. But then I have some people who live in Hudson who are in my district. So it's, yeah. anyway, so there can be a little bit of cleanup going on. Um, you know, in the same, if you kind of look at, like, the way the normal districts are, is that, like, even Logan has got, like, half a precinct of Bloomington. And it's like, well, we can make a little bit of a shift here and there um, to try to clean it up. So we'll just have to see uh, what the committee comes up with. Um, you're right, Justin, to kind of get back to that. We The committee will have about a month. They will hold public comment. Uh, they will hold either. My understanding is two, but I don't count on that, don't bet on that. It could be anywhere from like one to three like we did before. Uh, like I said, they're going to tweak it. Then what's going to happen is the final versions of the committee's maps will be put out, I believe, July 8th for the public and for the county board members to review, to a question, to kind of decide which ones they like best and for what reasons, hopefully. Um, and then we will all vote uh, on the 15th. And then if there's not a clear winner on the fifth, uh, at that meeting, then we'll take a recess. The one with the least amount of votes will be taken out, and then we'll rehash again the vote uh, on the two districts that have the most, pop- uh, the most uh, popular vote. County board doesn't get exciting too often, but this is kind of oh, exciting. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> 
like it is. It's kind of it's kind of a it's a huge deal. I mean, it's something with, with uh, obviously big implications over the next decade. Um, something that's had a little bit of drama associated with it over the last month. So I think more people are paying attention to the process today than they were six eight weeks ago. Um, so yeah, I think that's exciting. I think it's good. I don't, I don't well, know about you, Justin, but me just trying to figure out what committees meetings I should look at to figure out what happened. That's extremely exciting to me. That's always just uh, <laughs> cruising through the site, just trying to figure out. Oh no, that was in rules committee. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think that actually is one of the good things, right? That's come out of this process is the level of community engagement that's come forward and the level of awareness that people have had. I mean, for a lot of folks, I feel like county government kind of flies under the radar, right? And they don't, and they don't really think about um, the services the county provides until they need until they need something. Um, and so to be able to have so many people showing up at these public meetings the past few weeks, to have so many emails coming in, to have phone calls coming in to county board members, it's, I mean, it's really exciting to see that level of engagement and interest uh, on an issue from the public. I, I hope it continues moving forward. Hmm. Yeah. Another question I had um, about the scope of this. Uh, when last we talked about it, Lizzie, you were under the impression that redoing precincts wasn't on the table. We're going to take the current precincts as they are. Do you still think that's a given, or is that kind of open to? No, I think I think that it can be on the table. I don't. I just. It hasn't been discussed. And as much as that is a big concern of mine, I feel like that is something that um, kind of pales in comparison to the district lines themselves. But that, because precincts can be redrawn any June, whereas district lines, they get it every 10 years. But precincts can be done. So if precincts do not come to pass this year, then that is absolutely something that can be on the table for next year. Like, so it's one of those, like, I'd like to see it done, but it's not a must. Yeah, I'd really hope that we waited until we had 2020 information to do those precincts, because that's going to affect, I guess, I guess our precincts don't have to define what the city and state boundaries are, but at least it seems like in most cases they do. So it's a pretty significant decision to make there plus it just opens up a huge a huge amount of variance right of where you're going to redraw all these very fine lines one street over it can have a whole big deal whole whole another level of sophistication it takes to try to define those things so i i don't see any way i don't see the way of the information to do that now i don't think you can really realistically do that in a month so i i'd hope that the group decides just to stick with the precincts they are and then yeah. maybe next Next time, probably a few tweaks in there, right? I don't know. Uh, no, uh, no? there are a lot of tweaks that need to be yeah. made on the precinct level. Um, in my district, I have 11 precincts. Um, state statute recommends that precincts be between 500 and 800 people. Um, I have eight precincts of my 11 um, that are well over 800, and I think I have three. Three of those eight are double. They're, they're at 15, 1,600 people per precinct. And that's quite a large precinct for a precinct committee person to try to be managing. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. that's something that, yeah, and I do think it would be a good idea to wait until we get the 2020 data. So I'm thinking next year, start another campaign. be nice. Yeah. So what should people be looking for? What should the public be looking for on these redistricting maps? What are some important things you want to make sure listeners know moving forward in the next couple of weeks and next couple of months? You don't want to take that first. 
Well, I, you know, I, I guess I, I, I would say, you know, when, when we redraw, when, when the committee goes through the process and re redraws these maps, right, I mean, you certainly want those districts to be as compact as possible. You want them to flow along um, natural borders like township lines, uh, you know, municipal lines, um, other uh, other you know school district uh, school district lines with their rivers and their streams out there you know as, as Lizzie mentioned before so we, we want to make sure that you know whether it's a historic neighborhood like in the center of the community or a subdivision on on the side of uh, on the side of Leroy but we want to make sure that all of those like communities sort of stay together and that they're not split up even if you know two or three different precincts cover those areas so as the maps come out um, I would encourage your listeners. To thoughtfully look at those maps, make sure that um, the way that they are, the way those lines are drawn, um, keep those critical voices together to make sure that the people who live in those areas are heard and that their representatives are truly, truly reflect them, right, and and who they are in the neighborhoods that they come from, and you know stay stay involved in the process when those opportunities come up for you to look at the maps, for you to come and provide public comment. Please take advantage of that. Uh, we've had such an awesome outpouring of public involvement on this uh, over the past few weeks. Definitely want to see that move forward in the next phase. So that's kind of why I was. That's kind of why I was asking about your own particular district and some pain points that you have, just to give a flavor of what people might see. So what I heard, what I heard from you, Lizzie, is like I'd like things to be better reflecting of the, the character of the neighborhoods. Like if one neighborhood is split between two different districts, it makes it hard for you as a representative to contact them. If something's way sprawled away from the rest of them, it makes it harder for you to see the commonalities between their needs and the rest of your constituents, right? It's kind of, if that's a fair summary no, of your themes. Yeah. It is. Uh, I, just, we, I want to make sure that we have a board that reflects the community at large. Mm -hmm. Right, and the best way to do that is to draw to draw maps that that will allow that to happen. Yeah, just keep those voices together um, and give them a chance to have a seat at the table. Cool. Yeah. So. Well, Josh asked when you sat down, "Are we really going to take two hours here?" And here we go. Yeah, an hour or two. We're at two hours. Start talking yeah, redistricting. Time flies. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we have an engaging topic that is resonating with a lot of people. So that's good. Yeah. I think, I think uh, hopefully people got something out of this podcast. They learned a little something um, that helps complement some of the media that we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So. And we got surprise guests, and I like surprise guests. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice surprise. And, yeah. I, you know, and if I can, I, I want to publicly thank you know, Lizzie and so many others who uh, really pushed this, uh, this issue publicly and, and did all they could to try to rally support and raise community awareness about it. I, this was definitely a group effort to get this done and to get us where we are today. And if, if all these pieces hadn't been working together, you know, we probably would be down a very different path right now. So. Yeah. yeah, and I think I want to kind of echo on that. Is, um, I, I can't give enough thanks to Lori Woolrab. She, you know, as a lone Democrat on the rules and on executive committee, she had to take a huge the brunt for that, for, for the entire members of the Democratic County Board. Um, that she was our sole spokesperson, and she, I think she did an amazing job of asking the right questions, um, trying to hold the accountability, uh, bring that line forward. So many, many thanks to Lori and to everybody that was working kind of behind the scenes 
um, to get the information out there. We couldn't have done it without every single person that was involved. So thank you very much. Yeah. Well, we want to make sure we thank Patrick Ortese, chair of the McLean County Democratic Party, uh, Lizzie Johnson, and Josh Barnett, Barnett, both county board members. Uh, Thanks for joining us today and uh, nerding out with us a little bit on county government. We appreciate it. And I'll just say, too, I don't want to be... I don't want to be one-sided about either. We got two people who are happy with the outcome. If anyone's listening to this, feels like we're, you know, want to come in and share their views. Anyone else whose name we mentioned, you know, or, or, or otherwise, uh, happy to chat with you too. So send a message out on social media. We can bring you on too. And, uh, you know, but you, you guys are the ones we uh, got to come to Little Beaver today. So. <laughs> good speaking of little beaver come and check them out five finance drive it's a perfect time of year to do it come hang out on the new patio grab some food that cuban was delicious and uh i'll plug their pizza i had their pizza a couple weeks ago oh yeah it's excellent really thin crispy crust if you like that style uh really good pizza yeah if i may i will put in a plug for their pizza bites or their uh, pretzel bites Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was like little pillows of deliciousness. <laughs> There's cheese sauce. It's got some bacon sprinkled on top of it. Ah, it's amazing. I actually, I think I'm gonna go downstairs and order. So. They do beer too. They do. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Jeremy's like texting me once a week now. He's like back at Little Beaver again. So uh, yeah, once you once you start trying it out, it gets under your skin. So yeah, absolutely. They're also having a big fundraiser here on the 30th. Um, I asked them to send a little bit of information to me and didn't get anything in my email but uh we'll we'll definitely plug that on our facebook page so keep an eye out for that too um so uh check out their facebook too that's where they update a lot of their stuff yeah Um, that's where you can find their menu and their hours and all that stuff so and also if you like what you hear with us feel free to say thank you by giving us a recommendation on your podcast stream service or if you are so inclined you can go over to patreon and search PodBN, and you can uh, support us financially as well too there are some some bills we have to pay every now and then so we appreciate anyone who can give us support in that way And I think we're done here. Yeah, let's be done.